They said every three months they would select a child mm-hmm. out of the village to sacrifice to their um, West African gods uh, to appease them, and they lived in fear. And every village we went to, they said the same thing. They said, we hated it. We knew it was wrong, but we didn't know anything else until Christ came. And there's still, you know, thousands of villages uh, around West Africa that are still doing similar practices to that, um, that have never been reached by the gospel. And so it's our job, I think, as the American church to to be able to to provide tools and resources to push and to empower national believers to go and reach those places. They can do it better than we can. We always say the national missionary is always going to be better than a foreign missionary. And so we want to send people out into the darkness to carry the light of the gospel message. What's up and welcome to Hope in the Margins, a podcast for Hope Community Church that is seeking to help you connect the hope of Jesus with your everyday life in the margins. We're excited to give you part two of our series with Matt Karsner, our missions pastor at Hope Community Church. In this episode, we get to talk more about what it means to multiply here in Shelby, North Carolina. And for those of you that are a part of our family here at Hope, we're excited for you to get to hear some ways Um, that we believe the Spirit of God is leading us to share the gospel with people who are close to us but far from God. We also get to hear some ways that all of these things that the Spirit of God is doing in West Africa can be done here domestically as well. So we hope that you enjoy it and you get to engage in it. Matt, tell us a little bit about the vision um, that you and Joe and then Ufi and Olga kind of for West Africa in, in the future places and kind of what that vision looks like. Yeah, I'll start, you know, we, we talked about kind of how we got started in um, southern Senegal. It was the training was taken from India there, and, and we started very small. You know, our first idea was to uh, start training some local villages near Ziganshore, um, and we, we just started to look for national partners to, to partner with, um, to say, hey, we can give you this training and you can use this tool. Um, and it takes some time to have some buy-in. And, you know, it's at the beginning of these trainings, it's a lot of boots on the ground trying to, to go out and train as many people as possible. Um, and from there, we got to watch it spread, not only through southern Senegal, but then it moved into Guinea-Bissau, Gambia, uh, we're now in Mali, Burkina Faso, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, um, Niger. Uh, so we've expanded to a total eight countries in West Africa. And just the vision that has been put on our hearts is to take the training to all 19 countries and, and areas in West Africa. Um, and so it's exciting. You know, Ufi and Olga uh, are really the the people that drive this and, and allow us to be able to push forward pretty much every contact, every relationship we've had have stemmed out of people that they know. They're extremely well-respected in the evangelical community uh, there in in Senegal, and they know a lot of people, um, not only in Senegal, but all over West Africa. And so a lot of their friends and ministry partners are contacting them and asking for us to bring the training to uh, to new areas. And without them, there's no way that we could do it. And so uh, it's been awesome to just kind of see them grow in that role over time. But yeah, our, vi- our vision is to continue to expand. 
uh, to continue to push out. We know that there are still a lot of places without the gospel message. Um, in Southern Senegal, when we first started, the statistic was that it was 0.2% evangelical Christian in that area. Mm. Um, and so that is, you know, we have these kind of brutal facts that we put out. And uh, every day in Senegal, on average, 373 people die. If only 0.2% are evangelical Christian, that means 372 of those people are dying separated from God. Um, and you can repeat those same sort of statistics for almost every country in West Africa, um, that people, by and large, are dying uh, far from God, and the scriptures tell us that if we are far from God in this life and we pass on, we'll be far from God for all of eternity. And so that's a, a very real reality. And so there is a sense of urgency for us. We know that every day that we wait, every day that we delay, that more and more people are entering eternity away from God. And uh, so we want to continue to push, uh, but we also want strong, healthy leaders. So there's a, a tension there that we want to continue with rapid expansion and pushing out and, and uh, you know, planning in new areas and training in new areas. But we also want to take the time to raise up our leaders um, so that they're strong, so that their churches are healthy, um, so that the disciples that they're making are healthy and that they can follow them well. And so there, there's some some difficulties in doing that and doing it well, um, but it, it's a worthwhile venture. Yeah, for sure. I love the <clears throat> the big vision there, and really it's an encouraging for me, and it should be encouraging for listening family and Hope Community Church family of just what the Spirit of God is doing um, in West Africa and beyond, and and really that we're partnering with them in that, yeah. and just for our people to know that, to get to hear that. <clears throat> Uh, we highlight it several Sundays a year, but but for people to get to go on trips, and, and I know that's that's hard to do right now, um, but just for us, even moving forward, um, talking about ways in which we we can replicate the same things here at America, and so we'll get into that in a minute. But we did just want to highlight Ufi and Olga a little bit, just because we're so grateful for them. I know uh, Caleb and I have both gotten to hang out with them and learn from them a lot as well, and and Matt, you as well, obviously. But Ufi was sure to tell me that he could out-eat Caleb like any day of the week. Um, I'm glad we brought up food. But like me, on the other hand, I don't <laughs> <laughs> You're an animal. <laughs> uh, okay, so when we get there, I haven't slept yet. I'm a, I mean, I don't know how, how long I've been awake. Long, long time. We go to this uh, this compound, right? Is that what you'd call it? Yeah. And this uh, lady has been out there slaving over this cauldron of rice and meat and vegetables. I had no idea what I was going to eat when I got there. Thanks, Matt. I wasn't really prepared for it. <laughs> but uh, I sit down beside Ufi and, uh, and, and other people that I do not know with this huge pot of rice and fish and vegetables on top. And was given a spoon, and it was time to eat. So we're circled <laughs> up around this this uh, I mean this pot, this huge plate, and uh, you just you all dig in, and so it's not like anything that we've we've ever had in America. So when I get home, I like kind of replicate an idea of of what we ate there uh, for my family, my mom and dad, sister and brother in law, and uh, my wife and kids, and we circle up around this pot in the kitchen. 
and I took the ta- pushed the kitchen table out of the way, and and we ate like that. And uh, it's definitely unusual, but um, but me and Ufi, he doesn't he didn't know it, but I was I was challenged by him, and I was gonna try to outdo him <laughs> and eat more than him, but I, I couldn't. He's uh, he's f- ferocious. Yeah, Ufi's the awesome. undefeated champ of the world uh, <laughs> in eating, and you know. One of my favorite cultural things about West Africa is the shared meals. Uh, there's just a sense of community as you sit around. Um, you're sharing from one big plate. You kind of have your little piece of the pie on the plate. Um, but then if you have meat on your side, you kind of cut off a couple pieces and, and you dish it out to the person next to you. Or the head or, of the fish yeah. with eyes in it. <laughs> yeah, Caleb got weirded out a Tasty. little bit by the fish looking at him while we were eating it. <laughs> the but teeth the teeth were still in, the, in his face. Yeah, that's just something normal for uh, those areas. But just things like that get to kind of break the, the normal cycles that we have uh, here in the States. And just, you know, I'm used to sitting down with a plate watching TV um, for my meals. And, and so that's a nice break for me. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Senegalese food specifically is some of the best food in the world, <laughs> uh, some of my favorite dishes. And so it's been a little bit over a year since I've been to Senegal, and so I'm really missing some of those, uh, some of those famous dishes that they have. Well, and, and Olga's a fantastic cook too. Oh, yeah. The last day I was there, she she made a meal for for Matt and I and Joe and the family. And uh, gosh, delicious polyasa, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's chicken with a uh, onion sauce. I mean, it takes hours to cook. They I'm cook starving. these onions down over and over and over until they're uh, just this delicious sauce that they pour on top. Um, and one of my favorite things in the world, and I wish I could have it, but there's nowhere in Shelby to get poliasa. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And speaking of Olga, just uh, it was really cool for me to just, uh, and I don't even know if we'll include this, but I was really impacted by both of them and just their marriage and just um, the love that they have for each other and the way that they work together in ministry was really encouraging. And, and she's a phenomenal teacher. And uh, I She's brilliant too, and so it's just her laugh is is contagious, and their personalities are uh, a gift from God, and so it's been that was super impactful for me too, just to get to know them and heard all these stories and things the last year or so, and so to finally get to meet them and see the work and the ministry that they're doing and the love that they have for the Lord, and I just think for our people to hear some of that because. These are the people that we're partnering with um, on a day-to-day basis uh, in a lot of ways, and, and we can be praying for them as they continue uh, to walk in this vision and this mission uh, to reach all of West Africa uh, with the gospel by taking this tree life training to nationals that are then going to spread and take the gospel uh, to their people. And so with that, I think kind of a transition for us on this episode and really might even be a part two is just I really wrestle with this whenever I go on mission trips of okay we just did all this I get super excited uh, all this work that we're doing and getting to share the gospel getting to do different things getting to train and equip and then we come back and it feels like we're just back in our normal busy routine in America where we're hurrying to do things that seemingly don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I think that being away shows us that, that in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter in a lot of ways. And I get caught up in planning and and preparing for different things when really it's just uh, meaningless in a lot of ways. And so 
Uh, Matt, share with us a little bit like some practical ways and maybe we'll just have a dialogue about practical ways that our people can take these uh, tools, this multiplication uh, to the people around us, our neighbors, people who are close to us but far from God because we are, we are the nationals here and we, are, we have been given a task uh, with the Great Commission to make disciples and to share the gospel. So just share with us a little bit, vision of multiply or, or whatever that looks like for us here at Hope. Yeah, that's one thing that's always been big on my heart. In fact, moving back from overseas, um, it was really difficult for me to feel plugged in, connected when I first got back because of some of the things that I had seen um, on the other side. And just uh, even though this was my home culture and it was the style of church that I was most used to, um, it felt very foreign when I moved back. And uh, there was just some things that I knew that were kind of core building blocks of of what it meant uh, to be believers and disciples. And, um, and, and in a lot of ways, we've made church very complicated here in the West. Um, and so for me, you know, these are ordinary believers overseas who are trained to go and to, to use what the scriptures have commanded us to do, um, to be led by the Spirit and, and to go and make disciples with their people. And we're seeing ordinary people do that. These aren't magic principles that we have. Tree of life, there's no magic in tree of life other than that we are following uh, the commands that God has given us. And so those same principles apply here in the West just like they do overseas. Um, you know, we're at a stage in the world where we get to see church planning movements that are happening kind of all over. This isn't an isolated thing. That There are lots of church planning movements happening right now. But really, the West is one of those places where it's been slow to catch on to. Um, there's starting to be some momentum now uh, where people are, are starting to realize that we can put these same practices into place, that we can train people simple biblical lessons on how to share their faith, on how to disciple people. Uh, in fact, here at Hope, we're using a, a tool called Multiply now, which is just kind of an Americanized version of Tree of Life that I've taken what we teach and uh, what we use overseas and, and have put it in the context of what we're doing here in America. And we teach simple lessons um, that are reproducible. You know, during the, the trainings of these lessons, we make people stop and reteach the things that they've just learned. So it's a little bit weird and a little bit uncomfortable for Americans. We're not used to doing that. Um, but I really believe that if we are going to put something into practice, then we have to practice it. And so we, we train people, um, you know, for Multiply, it's, it's 11 weeks worth of discipleship material that we're teaching them, and we want them to have good understanding of these core ideas, but we also want them to be able to articulate these things to other believers, because um, every believer has the responsibility to go and make disciples, to baptize people, and to teach them to obey the commands of Christ. And so um, I, I really believe that we're at a point where if we're asking somebody to do something, like go make disciples, but we're not telling them how to do those things, they won't go and do it. For sure. And so that's really part of why multiplying movements work is because we're giving people some specific tools to be able to use in their everyday lives. And this doesn't always look exactly the same. 
you know, we want it to to be organic enough where you can use it just kind of in, you know, different types of relationships in uh, your workplace, at your school. Uh, but we also want to give you enough structure where you feel confident and competent enough to go and use these things. And so that's why we try to keep it simple. We try to give some, you know, foundational lessons. Multiply isn't the end game of, uh, of our discipleship. There's a lot that you can learn about the scriptures, but every believer does have a role and responsibility to play, and they need to understand those things. And so if we don't have the foundation right, the rest of the house is going to crack and crumble. Um, so we want to give some very practical ways to be able to go out and do this. I think for Americans at large, we've been told that uh, in public we shouldn't talk about politics and religion. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of flown out the window with the invention of Facebook and social media and stuff that we're allowed to put whatever we want to out on those things. But typically in person, we shy away from talking about those. So just giving some simple tools on how to share your faith in normal, everyday conversations is really big here. Because if we want to make disciples, then people have to hear the gospel in order to believe the gospel. And so I, I think that the gospel best flows through relationships. And, uh, you know, there are people in your life that are close to you but far from God, and they need to hear the gospel message. And a lot of times you're the only person that God has uniquely positioned to be able to get that message to them. So it doesn't matter how good of a church service you put on, how uh, powerful your preaching is, there are people who will never enter our church doors, and that's becoming increasingly more common here in the West. But you can have an influence on them with the gospel just in your everyday life if you're intentional about it. And so those are some of the things that we're trying to implement here at Hope and hopefully with other churches too. Yeah, for sure. And I love it because for me it's a it's a helpful practical tool, but it's it's intentional and in that it's structured, that it's helpful for people um, that might feel like they don't know how or don't know what to do. But it's also relational, that there's a relational side of this, that it's discipleship is massively relational. And we, we desire that for our people, that they're they're doing this in relationships uh, with people who are close to them but far from God, as we've said. And so that's been cool for me, even as we've seen people, college students as well, take this training, this tool, um, and really take hold of it and develop pockets of people and people that they're training and equipping and and walking through this together um, as we see disciples being made. And so it's been exciting to see what's happened so far, but I'm really believing that there's going to be more um, in 2021 and beyond. And so super excited about our church as a whole, focusing in on uh, Multiply uh, this year and, and knowing that that's not just going to be this year, but that that's uh, forever, that we want to multiply leaders and we want to multiply and, and see multiplying, going, growing, gathering, and giving, as we talked about in a sermon series, and just excited to see what that looks like for our people, that it's not just pastors that are doing this, it's not just the leaders of the church, but it's people that belong to this body, that believe in Jesus, that are willing to take this, this hope to the people around them. And so it's super exciting, and we're just we're praying for all of our people to do that, that we get to do that with them as we trust and as we rely and walk in the Spirit to lead us to the people who are close to us but far from God and empower us and embolden us 
uh, to share these things. And so we're really grateful, Matt, that you've shared with us and excited to see all that's going on in West Africa and North Carolina and all over the world. And so we're super grateful for you. Yeah, I appreciate being on. You know, it's uh, I can't wait to see multiplying movements of disciples all over the world um, here in our own backyard in Cleveland County um, and West Africa and South Asia, all of these different places um, that we know that work is happening. Uh, we know that uh, God has given us this huge responsibility to go and make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. And um, I think that starts here in our backyard, um, and then it, it flows out to the rest of the world. Uh, and if disciples are doing that in the places that they live all over the world, that can happen very, very quickly. Um, it seems like a huge task, but uh, we believe in the power of multiplication. Uh, we think that Christ himself has set those things up. And so uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. Just It's been uh, you know, a pleasure to be able to talk about these things and, and be able to cast a kind of a vision for multiplication, um, both here and overseas. Mm-hmm.